0: Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring Jesus is coming again Cheer up you pilgrims, be joyful and sing Jesus is coming again
1: This is the voice of prophecy A voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days Prepare ye the way of the Lord
0: Coming again, coming again Jesus is coming again
1: From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California We welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music With the King's Herald's, Del Delker, Brad Braley And H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker A Seventh-day Adventist minister
0: the world has never known The great compassion of his heart For the wayward and the lone Till the whole world, till the world knows Till the whole till the world knows I will shout and sing of Christ my King It keeps the soul of abiding grace within, a faith that overcomes the world with its tumult and its sin.
2: Father in Heaven, we thank Thee for the promises of Thy Word. We thank Thee that Jesus not only is alive today, but that He is coming back again as He promised, that the same Jesus which ascended to Heaven shall come again. May this bright hope burn in the hearts of all of us, and may our broadcast today, we pray, bring this hope anew in the hearts of all hearers, we ask in Christ's name.
0: place of quiet rest Near to the heart of God A place where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God
2: O oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer Sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before Thee, near to the heart of God.
1: Amen. The song brought to us now by Bob Edwards and Wayne Hooper of the King's Heralds. Calls our attention to the wonderful blessings that can be ours if we offer up to God just a whispered prayer.
0: Just a whispered prayer, and the Lord.
1: Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. His subject, From the Mount of the Ascension. One day Dr.
2: George Gill was in the study of Pastor William Anderson of Dallas, Texas. Suddenly Dr. Gill asked Dr. Anderson about his attitude on the subject of our Lord's Second Coming. The pastor wasn't interested. He said he had been so busy preaching about the First Coming. He hadn't had time to think about the second coming. Well, said Dr. Gill, I just wanted to know whether you loved his appearing. Left alone in his study, Dr. Bill, as many of his friends called him, couldn't get the subject out of his mind. He kept asking himself over and over again, Do I love his appearing? The words of Scripture seemed to repeat themselves. Those words of Hebrews 9, 27... As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time unto salvation. He took up his Bible, began to read from the writings of Paul in Second Timothy and other scriptures. Before he left his desk that day, his heart burned within him. He realized he really did love the Lord's appearing. On going home, he astonished his wife by saying he was going to resign. The Presbytery hired me as a post-millennialist, and now I'm a pre-millennialist. He thought it was the only fair thing to do, so he took the matter before the Board of Elders. He said, I'm resigning. He told them the reason. But one of them cried out, Why, that's just what we've been praying for. Resign? Nothing. God has answered our prayers for you to preach the good news. From that day, Dr. Bill Anderson's ministry was transformed. His pastorate was so fruitful, it was spoken of throughout the whole world. This blessed hope of our Lord's return certainly does change things when it gets into a man's heart. But now, let us read about something that happened on a Thursday afternoon. Here it is in St. Luke's Gospel, chapter Twenty-four verses 50 to 52. Jesus had appeared again to his disciples after his resurrection. It's time for him now to return to his Father in heaven to share the glory which he had before the world was. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. It came to pass while he blessed them. He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. The Savior had been in this world as a man for about 33 years. He had endured its scorn, its insult, its persecution. He had been rejected, crucified, had risen from the dead. Now he was to ascend to his throne of glory. What are his last thoughts? Thoughts of condemnation, and judgment for this old world? No. His last words are words of promise and comfort and blessing. He leaves with his disciples the wonderful promise, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Through the ministry of his Holy Spirit, which he sent, he never left the world and will never leave it as long as his people are here. The Savior leads his disciples up the Mount of Olives where they had spent so many happy hours together. They look out upon the scenes filled with holy memories. He leads the way across the summit and down a little on the eastern slope toward the town of Bethany, where his dear friends, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary, lived. He pauses. The disciples gather close about him to hear his wonderful words. He lifts up his hands in blessing. He seems to be growing taller, and gravitation loses its power over him. He slowly ascends from among them, drawn heavenward until a cloud hides him from their sight. From the same writer, Dr. Luke, let us read another description of the same scene. We find it here in the second volume of his works, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, beginning with verse 9. And when he had spoken these things... While they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go. Into heaven. From this testimony, we know that our Savior is not done with this world. This earth has not seen the last of him. He was here once, he will be here again. His disciples saw him as he was taken up. It was a matter of their physical eyesight. They saw him, they beheld, they looked steadfastly toward heaven. Then came the question of the men in white Why are you gazing at heaven? The answer, of course, was because Jesus has just ascended. We saw him go. Then the promise comes, this same Jesus, not someone else, not a spirit being, but Jesus who was human as well as divine, Jesus who was real, the Savior whom they had talked to, loved, touched, the Savior whose voice they heard, whose face they had just seen. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. How much clearer could the testimony be? So, like, as. Notice the words. He shall return in reality. Jesus is coming. That's the message of the ascension. He that ascended shall descend. He who went back to heaven shall come back to earth. The Savior came to seek and save that which was lost. We read in Luke nineteen ten, He died on Calvary's cross with a crown of thorns upon His brow. The curse that came on man and on the earth itself is to be removed at last and all through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. He bought back that which had been lost through sin, not only man but the earth itself. And the whole creation travels and groans together until now, the apostle said, waiting for the redemption. That is, waiting for deliverance when men shall be redeemed at the second coming of our Lord. That's all in Romans, eighth chapter. It all belongs to Jesus by right of creation, for he made all things. And it all belongs to him also by right of redemption because he has redeemed all. God gave the world and all that's in it to Jesus. I will give thee the nations for thine inheritance, he says, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Psalm 2, verse 8. It all belongs to him, and he will come back to assert his sovereignty. He himself said in the great parable of the nobleman that he would go into a far country to receive an inheritance and to return. Yes, we thank him for the words, and to return. He is coming back. He ascended to heaven. The scriptures are plain on the subject. Here it is in Mark 16:19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. What's next in the plan of heaven? We read it in Hebrews 10:12, but this man, speaking of course of our Lord Jesus, After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Expecting what? The Son of God is awaiting the fulfillment of the divine purpose, the divine promise. God sent him out to triumph over his foes. He is sitting now as it were to rest upon his throne. But by his Spirit and his providence, he is at work in this world of ours, subjecting the hearts of sinners to himself. But the subjection will be fully accomplished only at his second coming. His enemies, Satan and death itself, whose power and strength are in sin and whose power and strength we know will be taken away and utterly destroyed. No wonder we want Jesus to come again. The cry of billions of broken hearts through the ages has been, Deliver us from death. Bring back those we have loved long since. Wipe away our tears. That cry is answered in God's promise. We are not to sorrow concerning them which are asleep, for we have a blessed hope. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And these comfortable words are found in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. And here's the main point of it all. Jesus is expecting to come. Henceforth... Expecting the Scripture puts it, but are we expecting Him to come? Are we? That's the question. No one knows. No man knows the hour of His return. He said so Himself. God has not revealed it. Matthew twenty-four thirty-six: For that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven. But it's a glorious expectation to have. It should be ever burning brightly in our hearts like a lamp. Be ye also ready, he said, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh, Matthew twenty four forty four. If the year, the day, the hour of Christ's return were known, it would destroy all the spiritual impact and the blessing of this wonderful hope. We are not only to get ready, but to be ready. A tourist came upon a beautiful villa on the shore of a lovely lake in Switzerland. Far off the beaten track, he knocked at the garden gate. and was admitted by an aged warden who seemed glad to see him. He showed him the flower-bordered walks. How long have you been here, asked a stranger. Twenty-four years. How often has the owner been here during that time? Four times. When was he here last? Twelve years ago. He writes often, I suppose. Never once. From whom do you receive your pay? From the agent in mainland. Does he come often? He's never been here. Who does come then? I'm almost always alone. Only seldom does a visitor like yourself drop in. Yet you have the garden in perfect order, everything flourishing as if you expected your master to come tomorrow. As if he were coming today, sir, today! the old man exclaimed. Radio friend, that's the spirit of the true Christian life, as if Christ were coming today. Not far off in the future, but today. I know not in what watch he comes, or at what hour he may appear, whether at midnight or at morn, or in what season of the year. I only know that he is near. The centuries have come and gone, dark centuries of absence, drear. I dare not chide the long delay, nor ask when I his voice shall hear. I only know that he is near. I do not think it can be long till in his glory he appear. And yet I dare not name the day, nor fix the solemn advent year. I only know that he is near. In view of this sure return of Christ, he said, I will come again. What should we do? After that Thursday afternoon on the Mount of Ascension, those who saw him go away and heard the promise worshipped him. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. How can we keep from being happy and active in his service? Let us, too, serve him joyfully. Until he comes.
0: O oh, land of rest for thee! I sigh. When will the moment come when I shall? Lay Jesus comes, we'll work. Till, work, till Jesus comes, we'll work, we'll work. till, till Jesus, Jesus comes and we'll be gathered home. I sought at once my Savior's side, no more my steps shall roam. With him, I brave death, chilling tide and reef.
1: This is Orville Iverson of the Voice of Prophecy saying, Throughout the days ahead, let us trust God and go forward in faith. And as we go forward in faith,
2: why not take advantage of this new Voice of Prophecy Bible course, The Light of the World. Absolutely new. We're just announcing it. Right in for your Bible course, The Light of the World. We'll be happy to send it to you. And now we say, have faith in God. Christ died for us who have offended. Have faith in God. He rose again, angel attended. Have faith in God. From all of it, he has ascended. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope our broadcast has brought blessing today. Be with us again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.